Bishop Alan McGookian, you are a Jesuit as well as the Bishop of the Diocese of Rafaux, and over the summer you undertook an interesting pilgrimage around Donegal. Tell me what you did and why you did it. We did what we hope will become the Schlee Holland Killer. Next year, 2021, is going to be 1,500 years since the birth of Colin Kill in Garton, uh, near Church Hill, not far from Letterkenny in, in Donegal. And we're thinking about how we will mark that fantastic centenary. One idea that I had, with, because I, I have a great love for Camino-type walking in Spain, and I've done it there a good few times, We had a sense, myself and a wee group of people, that we could do Camino in the footsteps of Column Kill, linking together a lot of the uh, places in in County Donegal and into Derry that have uh, memories of a tradition of Column Kill. So we have been working on it for quite a while, uh, imagining what the route would be like. And this was going to be a proof of concept to see that it would work, that it would be a, a good walking experience, but also that it would be a good Camino experience. So we set off from Glen Columkill in southwest Donegal, and uh, it was 12 full days, uh, 11 of those walking, and one day a boat trip into Torrey Island. So from Glen Columkill to Ardara, Ardara to Dunglo, Dunglo to Gidor, Gidor to Maharoroti, and then the fifth day, we took the boat into Torrey. Torrey Island has an ancient Columban heritage. The, the tradition is that uh, Colum Kill himself founded the monastery, and certainly either he did or monks from Iona, probably in his lifetime, did. And so there are so many places in Donegal that go back to the time of Colum Kill or in which there is a, a huge tradition of devotion to and, and stories about Colum Kill uh, associated with them. How far would you do each day? We were a bit taken aback the first two days. Uh, we, we had estimated just from the, the maps and so on that it would be about 25 those two days and it was over 30. The first day, 30 kilometres. There is already a Shee Column Killer that goes up out of uh, Glen Column Kill over the mountains in the direction of Ardara and we thought that that would be 25 and it was that, that was a strong, hard, tough Hmm. Camino day, 32 kilometres. In one uh, day? Yeah, absolutely. And on the next day, the same, it was over 30 again. That's a lot of walking. It was a lot of walking and it was tough. The second day, I'll always remember, that was the Tuesday of it was the 14th of July and uh, it rained all day in the north and, oh, boys, we were soaked. Hmm. But, you know, like, the effect of that was to get you into realising this is not just a wee walk on holiday, this is a, <laughs> this is a pilgrimage. Um, it was great. So I had a wee group of the core group who have been helping me develop this came along most days. So we always had at least, I think the smallest ever walking was four of us. And then there were days when, when a good big crowd gathered around. We were not advertising it because as yet, it's not an official she column killer. And consequently, we couldn't be saying, you know, we're inviting you to, to, to come and do this for, I suppose, insurance reasons and other reasons. But along the way, groups from parishes knew that we were coming and there were groups out at crossroads and at various points along the way at the boundary of their parish, walking us through and walking 
along with us. And then some of them who knew they were coming had their boots on and walked for the rest of that day to the next big stop. And then just a lovely thing we found was that a few people who came for the day ended up coming back and walking the whole way to the end. Or even since we have finished, I was the only person who walked every single day, first day from, from beginning to end. But there was one woman, Maureen, who had, she walked all but two of the days. So she said, I'm going to go back and finish those days. And others went and joined her on finishing the two days that she had missed. And even yet, it's, it's about two weeks since we finished. There's a wee WhatsApp group there's people on it still going finishing off sections that they haven't done which gives me a sense that this is becoming a reality that people want to do and they want to complete and but just the beauty for me more is that the concept is taking on a reality and tell me what you did the rest of the route then because i, I interrupted you you went down to your point yes i told you about that day uh, into tory island mm-hmm. That was the weekend and I, I wanted to be in Letter came the Cathedral for Sunday Mass and do a wee bit of work on the, the Monday. On the Tuesday we went back and we picked up on Maharorote where we had finished off and we walked through the door, Falcara, to Rye. And there's a, one of the, I think it is the tallest high cross in Ireland is at Rye Church, uh, which is the ruins of an early monastery. Where's Rye? Rye is just about five kilometres north of Falcara in the direction of Dunfanaghy. I stayed always with in the local parish that night. I stayed in the parish of Falcara and and as I always would do, said mass with the people the following morning. Then we headed back out to Rye and started and we walked to Ard's Friary. Those two days were, they were two days slightly under 20 kilometres stayed the night in Arch Ferry with the Camusons and the following morning uh, we had a powerful walk uh, this was getting up to another 30 through Creeslach and across the bog there's a, just a lovely wee side road um, ultimately becomes a bog road that leads you over into Glenvay mm-hmm. the, the, the park at Glenvay we had a, a snack in the interpretive centre there at Glenvay and then over the Loch Inche Trail to Carton where there's Jack Nakui, there's a stone on the ground where there are two traditions. One is that he was born on that stone and the other is that he lay on that stone the night before he left Ireland and emigrants have often over the centuries gone the night before they left home and lay down on Jack Nakui. Jack Nakui, the big stone of loneliness. And we finished that night in the wee town of Churchill. Just to say there, before we move on to the other places, and I do note that you're claiming there that he didn't leave from Derry Quay, which I think the people of Derry might have something to say about. <laughs> but when you see he's way inland here at Black Nakui, uh, in, in his own home place. So, like, obviously, he was a, he was going to leave Ireland from a, a seaside place, and Derry is obviously very strongly in contention for that. Yes. And uh, Shrove on up, yes, and then uh, which we paid our respects to as well. So, mm. well, I was going to say that you know you're naming these places, and for people who haven't been to Donegal, as it is not as well-known as Kerry. These are stunning locations that you're talking about. People might know them better now this year after COVID and staycationing. Right. It's beautiful we, we, territory. We were walking through, <laughs> it was, it, 
it was incredible. And, and you know, the beauty about our weather was that on the one day we had sun and cloud and mist and rain and they all looked different. They changed all through the day, all of these places, looking out over lakes or across hills, down valleys, uh, phenomenally. Mm. It was just a phenomenally beautiful experience. Move me on then, so you went okay. to the beautiful... Then his birthplace was Garton, where, mm-hmm. we, where we had just arrived, and we stayed just beside Garton at that church hill. The next morning we had Mass in Glendoan Chapel, which is beside Garton Loch, and headed to Doonwell, fantastically significant well. There's Doonwell just beside Doon Rock, which was the inauguration stone of the O'Donnells, the clan which arose out of Colum Kill's tribe, and from Doonwell down into Kilmacrennan, uh, where he was baptised, and on into Letterkenny, to the Cathedral of St. Eunan and St. Colum Kills in Columba, and we stopped that day in the Cathedral in Letterkenny. Then the final stretch of three days was we set off from Letterkenny to go to Raffo, and Raffo is the monastery linked especially with St. Eunan, who was a successor as Abbot of Iona and who wrote the first life of Colum Kill about 80 or 90 years after Colum Kill's death. And then from Raffo, we went through St. Johnson and Carrigan's, and along the side of the foil, there's a very nice riverside, it's a cycle path, into Derry. Bishop Donal McKeown came out when he knew we were on that path. He came out to meet us and walked with us uh, into Derry, where we went first of all to the Long Tower, St. Columbus Church at the Long Tower, and from there to St. Augustine Church of Ireland Church, just inside Mm -hmm. the the city walls. Both of them have claims to be the site of the original monastery. I would imagine the original monastery uh, had a very big footprint, um, surely contained both of them uh, within its remit, and on up to St. Columns Cathedral, where the clergy and and all three places gave us a a big welcome. That's lovely, uh, because that was sort of an ecumenical, that St. Augustine's Church does a lot of ecumenical work there with the people in the bog side, even during the marches and things like that. And Uh the the monastery then of Columkill, you reckon, Alan, would have maybe been big enough to take in Long Tower, St. Augustine's and further up to the Church of Ireland Cathedral? You know, like when you're, when you're, like, our sense of, of, of what a monastery is is just a big building. Like a Celtic monastery was a farm, a church, a scriptorium, lots of farm buildings, and then uh, probably individual kilina. You know, like mm. I think your idea of, of a monastery, uh, my sense of it is that it's a thing that, that would cover a couple of acres within its, its outer perimeter rather than the picture of just a, a big house. The Celtic monks tended to live in Killina rather than in big dormitories. They, they would have been spread out over a, a wider territory. Mm. Now, I'm, I'm not an expert on that, mm. so I probably shouldn't be saying. But anyway, it was great to be in Derry, and we had a big welcome there. Good. And our plan was to take a boat from Derry up to Moville and have a circle walk that would take in Shrove, we didn't do that, we ended up the next day, we just went to Moville and walked from Moville 
to Greencastle and to Shrove. The tradition there is that uh, having set out from the Key and Derry, they stopped at Shrove and Colin Kill had a last view of Derry from there and left Ireland from Shrove. At the end of that, we gathered back in, uh, there's a maritime museum in Greencastle and there was, uh, as well as, there there was a big group of people from the Derry Diocese and others who had worked with us that day and various people, um, clergy of different denominations who have supported us along the way, the Reverend David Holton, who's director at Gartenland and Letterkenny, and the Reverend Marlene Scoose, a Methodist minister in Inishowen, they gathered with us and uh, we had a final blessing. Uh, the thing started out way back in Glen Kill with the two priests in residence in Glen Kill blessing us and sending us on our way, and it ended at Greencastle there, just beside the port at Greencastle, with a final blessing led by the Reverend Holton and the Reverend Marlene Scuse. It just was a, a lovely moment of bringing the thing to conclusion, and we had lots of walkers and supporters gathered around us there. It was great. So, all in all, how many miles, how many all days, all, and uh, how many people? We walked uh, between 260 and 270 kilometres. Kilometres, right. And how many days? 11 days walking, and I think somebody's uh, calculation included five days walking on Torrey Island. But I saw that just as part of the dynamic of this. For people who, please God, in the future will come and do the, the whole schlee in two weeks, they're just a third the way into it. There is a boat trip out to Torrey and uh, a, a more relaxed kind of day on Torrey Island uh, exploring it. And you could see people staying a night, please God, when we have moved into less worrisome times after, mm. after this virus. Mm. Uh, you could see people spending a night on Torrey Island back to the mainland in the morning and then walking on from Mahararoti to the next stop. And that's a point. You were doing this when things were relatively relaxed around COVID. Had you pre-booked bed and breakfast places for people? I stayed with the parish priest every evening and the other walkers were Donegal people. So this time I was the one who did the full Camino experience, walking, finding a place. And I was able to find a place with parish priests staying the night getting the rucksack on in the morning and heading on to the next place. My companions uh, were able to do it from home, but the Camino experience, part of it is proven. Somebody Mm. can come from Timbuktu with their rucksack and start in one place and walk for 12 or 13 or 14 days and end up at at the other end. And the roads, safe enough, would you say? You see, uh, an awful lot of this is already, there is, as I told you, there's Shlee Column Kill, mm-hmm. a recognised route. Once you get into the Rosses, that is, uh, you cross the bridge, the, the Guibara Bridge at Lechamaka Ward, mm-hmm. uh, you're very soon on what's known as Shlee Rossum, mm-hmm. and uh, round the door and around the coast there is Shlee Gaeltachta. And in a number of instances, we were on old railway routes that had been reclaimed as, as walking or cycling routes. And where it was on side roads, they were very quiet side roads. So it certainly works from that point of view. No. That's the practicals and the descriptions. And already I would be loving to do that because I just know that territory and to walk it would, I think, be a wonderful thing to do, to do it as a pilgrimage as well. 
What did you gain from it, do you think? And what will people gain? First of all, your own personal experience um, in terms of what you got from all that walking, praying, meeting people. It must have worked at a lot of levels. It did, surely. Now, first of all, it's a physical challenge. I found that the first two days were longer than I thought they were going to be. And indeed, I, I wouldn't recommend everybody to walk 30 kilometres no. a day over the, over the mountains. Um, a whole lot of people should definitely choose not to. I did, and the second day was very wet, and at that night I was utterly exhausted. Mm. And there was one side of me who was saying to myself, maybe you can't do this, maybe this is just too much for you. And another voice in me was saying, you pushed yourself too hard, you are pushing yourself too hard. The first voice that said, maybe you can't do this, was not the good spirit. The second voice that said you were pushing yourself too hard was. So on the third day, I got up and there was the lesson of the restorative powers of a good night's sleep. A good night's sleep. And it's amazing what it cannot do for you. Mm. Got up the next day and we said, we will just walk along nice and handy here and see how we go. We won't push ourselves. And there's just a, there's a kind of a, a personal learning in that that ultimately is very gratifying. You know, I, as I say, I, I, I felt pushed almost to beyond my limits. I realized that part of it was driving myself too hard and I eased off. And it was just a lovely learning in that and, and a sense of that when you find your rhythm, you can do far more than you thought you could. And your rhythm usually is more than you think you can do, but pushing far less than you're often tempted to push yourself. There's something about walking the Schlee teaches you that if you allow it to. There was the delight of having others around me who were often there for a chat as you were walking along. And then there were long times when you'd just be on your own trying to take in the beauty of the places you were walking through or just quietly praying, reflecting as, as you went along. And there's just such a richness in that. Another beautiful experience was as we were going along, people heard that we were coming. And uh, as we came to the Guibara Bridge, and it was lashing rain. It's the bridge across the Guibara River that brings you into the Rosses. So uh, for Rosses people, it is just of immense significance. And there was a crowd of them there. There were about 10 from the wee girls of 10 and 11 with their mummies and their grannies. And they were so welcoming standing in the rain and they conducted us across the bridge into the Rosses, brought us up to the parochial house where we were able to sit down and have a cup of tea. <laughs> and it was just so, yeah. so welcome, both the seat and the tea. Mm. And it was cold, we were cold and wet mm. that day. From then on, everywhere we went, there were people out at the gate. There were older people who were cocooning in the window and people would say, look, look, look. Uh, and I'd see that they were, they were waving, people in their houses waving and uh, we waved back to them. There was a, just a, a lovely wee sense of community. For me, from Donglo on the whole way to Falcara, uh, we were walking through the Gaeltacht and just that the atmosphere of the Irish language and culture was just all around us. 
that was really beautiful. And actually, when you're walking along and you can stop at people's gates, you get a real sense of that far, far, far more rich than driving through it in your car. And the Irish language, of course, so beautiful. And you love the Irish language as well. So that would have been a good experience for you. Very great it was. And oh, also yeah. then what struck me was you're, you're staying in parish priests houses mm. a, a nice way to get to meet all your priests in a, oh, in a no, remote diocese the, 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 the priests in every instance just were so gracious and either they, they had a few of the neighbouring priests over for dinner with me or in a couple of places they took me out for a meal with a few others and even at the end of a long day walking it was lovely um, they put out word that Mass the following morning it might be a bit earlier than scheduled was, was with me and the people who were going to be walking and there again there was a lovely sense of people interested in this, asking about it and really encouraging seeing that that's a great idea on so many levels that people saw the value of this on the level of remembering and honouring Colin Kill but also the value of encouraging people to get out and walk and then let's be very realistic the, the value of bringing um, possible pilgrim tourists mm. to, to walk through Donegal and into Derry is, mm. is just very attractive Absolutely you, you are a Jesuit as I mentioned at the start and St Ignatius the founder of the Jesuits was a great walker he even gave back his horse to keep walking did you feel an affinity with St Ignatius? I do that in many ways I think is in my DNA a long time ago I did my first walk my my first Camino walk actually was one that I made up myself in the year 2000 for the Jubilee year I did a walk that I created myself four days largely through Fermanagh and Cavan and into Donegal at Pettigo and out finally to Loch Derg and did the Loch Derg pilgrimage and that was my eight-day retreat for that year and uh, I remember having a big sense then of St Ignatius. St Ignatius after his big conversion, he had a huge conversion that followed his being injured in battle at the siege of Pamplona and he really discovered God and the call of God for, for him to be a disciple and he set off and walked all across Spain all across Italy and took ship to the Holy Land and walked all around the Holy Land and it was hugely formative that just walking in the footsteps of, of the Lord was a it was a kind of a metaphor for his whole life that's for me as a Jesuit but I was telling the others on the, the morning we sent out, St. Augustine says that every Christian life is a pilgrimage. Every Christian life is a pilgrimage. And going out and doing a walking pilgrimage kind of makes it physical. But in actual fact, that's only making physical, you know, or putting into steps and kilometers what is the reality in every Christian life. We are all pilgrims on a journey. And uh, there's something beautiful about walking the Camino and in this instance walking the Shri Column Killer that gives expression, makes bodily, makes concrete this deeper reality that all of our lives are a pilgrim journey. And do you think next year it will be up and running. What's your hope? What's well, the your hope of God, obviously, to have such a thing recognised uh, requires 
the relevant authorities to, to look at it and we, we will be speaking to the relevant people to see about having it before you could be advertising such a thing. It, it needs to be recognised, authorised, properly signed and so on. And 1521... 1,500 years from the birth of Colm Kill in Garden in the middle of County Donegal is really the ideal time to, to, to make sure that the first steps are in place. So please God, uh, next summer there will be a real launching of it. That's my sure hope. And finally, for yourself, are you rested now and did you feel better? I bet you lost a bit of weight on that walking. I lost a bit of weight and if I'm going to be perfectly honest, with you for a week or two afterwards I found my 67 year old body telling me that that had been a whole lot to chew off but by now I'm well rested it's one of these things it's a great challenge but that challenge takes it out of you and Mm. it did take it out of me but I'm much the better for it